A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Online, DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night. The fight starts now. With Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. I don't think he's going to get up. On TalkSport, the home of boxing. Here we go. We've got a fight night special for you on TalkSport this evening. The next two hours dedicated to a bit of uh, pugilistic excellence. The final hour of the show, we'll talk heavyweights. We might talk lightweights. We might even talk a little bit about Billy Joe Saunders moving up in weight as well. But the first hour, 100%, is dedicated to this. The two times he stepped up to the highest level, he's fouled. This fight has been... You know, four or five years in the making. This is bragging rights. He's called me out for a long time. There's history there. It goes back. There are still the the non-believers, the doubters. This is the fight that can shut a few of those guys up. It's a big one this weekend. We've got live and exclusive commentary of James DeGale against Chris Eubank Jr. from the O2 Arena. Come join us from 9 o'clock uh, on Saturday night to talk us through this first hour with debate and uh, and chat on this uh, massive domestic dust-up. Three gentlemen who don't really need any introduction, but I prepared a little bit of something. A man that has been on TV more times recently than Michael Bublé at Christmas, Gareth A. Davis, welcome to the show. How are Thanks. you? I'm very good, thank you, Adam. Mm. Really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, a man calling the fight for us at the weekend, whose voice was once described as chocolate for your ears. It is, of course, uh, John Rowling. How are you, sir? I'm in good form, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're going to talk about domestic dust-ups, we get a man in with a little bit of experience when it comes to things like this. A two-weight world champion. He's looking at me with that glary-eyed. The last time I saw him with headphones on, uh, preparing for a U-Bank, was actually when he was preparing for a U-Bank with headphones on in the ring <laughs> as, uh, as Chris Senior was making his way to the ring that night. It is, of course, Steve Collins. How are you, sir? I'm sound. You don't look old enough to... I've been there. Oh, mate, they were the days. They were the, <laughs> they were the proper days, let me tell you. Uh, Gareth A. Davis, John Rowling and Steve Collins with us in the studio. You're more than welcome to join us on the show as well. 08717 uh, uh, And we're talking about uh, DeGale versus uh, Eubank Jr. obviously uh, this weekend. 
Um, first of all, Gareth, you've uh, spent a lot of time obviously around these guys this week in particular, as has John. We'll get to, to both men's opinions on this. Um, I've heard many people in the media refer to it as a 50-50. Do you see it like that? I do, and I think it's a 50-50 because we don't know what James DeGale's got left. We saw that in the two fights with Caleb Truex when he lost the title and won it back. I was at both those events, even at the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. He really had to draw something special out of himself to win that night and stay very focused for 12 rounds. And for me, Chris Eubank Jr., um, is a very tenacious physical specimen with a great conditioned engine. He's got the, well, I'm sure we'll hear it from Steve in a bit, but he's got the DNA of the old man in him. He's got something to prove. And I do think if James DeGale doesn't make him miss a lot and isn't crafty, uh, I think Chris Eubank, to, to put my prediction out there straight away on the, on this show, I think um, Chris Eubank will catch up with him in the late rounds and may well stop him on the ropes. John, a lot of people have been talking about where the loser goes. Um, from this particular fight. What's your opinion on that? Well, it's going to be pretty bleak for whoever loses this one, isn't it? Because I think, uh, I think, yeah, by common consent, you can't, you can't put forward an argument, despite the fact he's saying how fit he is, you can't say that De Gale is as good a fighter as he was three or four years ago. Uh, he's unquestionably, his best days are behind him. Chris Eubank has stepped up to the plate at world class on two occasions, and has been beaten on both on both occasions mm. by George Groves and by Billy Joe Saunders. So, you know, I think if either of them loses, unless it's a great fight, if it's a great fight, then, you know, I mean, there's the possibility of the rematch, obviously, of if, course. It's, if it's a tremendous fight. But if somebody gets really badly beaten, I think it could be the end of the road for either of them. And Can I just throw one thing in there that we all forget about, because I know Steve's going to speak. We forget about the decent performance that Chris Eubank Jr. had against Arthur Abraham. And I know that Arthur an Abraham ancient, is a, sorry, an ancient, ancient. Arthur Abraham, but he still put in a great performance that night and no one's mentioned that in the build up to this fight. Would you go along John with the thought process then if there's it's very bleak for the loser, the winner are they propelled back into the mix when it comes to world titles? Well, we've already mentioned the name Billy Joe Saunders, haven't we? He's <laughs> he's going to be fighting for the vacant title uh, vacant title in April, April the 13th at Wembley. And uh, and you know, the winner of this one would obviously have a a, a chance of a unification fight of sorts against uh, presumably mm. Billy Joe Saunders which is uh, you know which would be a would be a big fight I, th- I think the key to this fight is whether James DeGale has got the footwork to actually confuse and baffle Chris Eubank because if he's got a, a relatively stationary lumbering sort of fighter like Arthur Abraham in front of him mm. then he's going to look good and he's going to put the pressure on and he's going to show his fitness but if he's chasing chasing shadows that he's not going to look the same fighter. Mm. Steve, I want to talk to you about the mental preparation of a big domestic clash like this. You've done it on several occasions. Obviously, twice with you, Bank, twice with Ben. Is the mental preparation for a fight of this magnitude, especially when it's two British fighters going at it with each other, is it different than a, a, any other fight? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you're talking about the pressure of uh, it. It's the last fight. It's, it's the last chance. I don't necessarily agree with that in regards to Chris Eubank Jr. He's a young fighter. And I don't think a loss for him is the end of the world for him. He's, he's still learning, he's still progressing. He hasn't reached his best yet. Uh, on the other hand, uh, James DeGale, you know, was more or less saying this is his last hurrah. He's accepting that he's the, not the aged fighter, but the older fighter. If, if he's not successful here, he's nowhere else to go. You know, Chris Eubank Jr. could lose tonight to a very clever, experienced fighter. And that's the one, um, probably the, the best in his arsenal hmm. that DeGale has is... He's been around. He's been at a top level for a long time. There's a lot he's seen in his experience that, that Eubank hasn't experienced yet. Eubank Jr. hasn't experienced yet. So, to me, it's um, 
definitely a 50-50 fight. It's a great fight. You know, I, I cannot pick a winner. I can give reasons why both guys can win, mm. but I can't say who's going to win. I, I Let's would, do that then. Let's do that then. Give, well, give, no, give, I, I can't say uh, what I'd like to say. I'd like James the Gale to win because I like to support the older fighter. You know, I'm always in the uh, in, in the, in the older man's. Uh, <laughs> but this um, is but this is why, Steve. This is why it's a it's a not miss fight. You just said it. We don't know who's going to win. Mm. These are the best fights. Yeah, there's so many caveats that, because there's there's so many different nuances in this fight. What has the older guy got left? The two weight, uh, the, the two time world champion. What has this guy, this upstart guy, who's come yeah. up on the name do, of his do, father do we, got? Do we go with the youths and 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 uh, or do we go with the experience? I always go with the experience. And the reason I say that is because Eubank Jr., you know, he's still improving. He's definitely for the future. Sometimes he's not a busy fighter. Whereas if, if, you know, if you're a young guy and you're fighting an older guy and you're busy, you know, you'll wear him down. His engine will run out eventually. But Chris Eubank is, is a powerful puncher, but sometimes he's not busy. So what he could do is make a mistake here. He could give the Gale time to catch breeders and an experience and, 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 and craftsmanship the Gale could be successful. You were so you were so good as a boxer that you were able to wear someone down over rounds, win rounds because you 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 were able to go in and win three minute rounds, weren't you? You knew how to do it, or you could wear someone down during a fight. You could be relentless. We haven't seen that maturity from from Chris Eubank yet. That's the problem. I, th- I think I think timing's the thing, though, Steve. You know, I mean, you mentioned those two wins against Caleb Truax, but the first one particularly, mm. James was awful that night. He really had it was a poor, shocking wasn't it? night. Shocking, no. yeah. But you know, it, it's uh, maybe it's just me. It could be wishful thinking, but this is his last hurrah, and it's 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 personal. You know, sometimes you, you lose fights, you accept you, you you lose a fight. But when you lose a, a fight to a guy who's in your back garden, who's in your backyard, who you're going to see many years after you retire, whose path is going to cross in the future, and you're going to knowing knowing the people is involved with it, they will rub it in his face, yeah. and he doesn't want that. You know, he, he doesn't want to leave the country. He wants to stay here, <laughs> so he wants to be able to hold his head high, what and he wants he, to finish on a high. What is it called, you man, a del- deluded moron? Yeah. Who? <laughs> That's, that's, that's what, what James described, oh, described you, man. Sorry, I thought you were quoting me on his father. Sorry. <laughs> Adam, every time we build a show, mm. um, when it's bragging rights, it's just huge, isn't it? It's all about bragging rights after on and, you know, and, and, and afterwards, after the, the guys retire. You know, Steve, because you can, you can walk into any room where Nigel Benn is or Chris Eubank is and people are giving them praise and you can just wink over at them in the corner and go, I beat you both twice, boys. I, I never Do you know think, what I mean? No, I, I never think that way. No? no that's not, oh. not true. No, come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a very... Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I, I, I was lucky on the night. You know, I, I performed. They didn't. And that's it. It was my night, not their night. Nonsense. I'm no better than them. I just... I just looked out. Very humble. Listen, we're going to continue these conversations, no doubt, over the next few hours or so. You're more than welcome to get involved. 08717 We are uh, going to concentrate on James DeGale for the next 15 minutes. His career from uh, an amateur that went on to win Olympic gold and then became a two-time world champion. Uh, you listen to a Fight Night special on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, and... Three of the biggest names uh, alongside me, Gareth there, Davis, John Rowling uh, and Steve Collins. And as Steve was just saying there a couple of moments ago, Gareth, regarding uh, the prowess and the prestige that uh, James currently has on his resume, there's no question that he is the more, uh, most coloured fighter going into this fight at the, at the weekend. I want to kind of paint a little bit of a picture for people that maybe aren't necessarily into boxing that are listening to the show right now. Um, and from the moment where he is a young amateur fighting in the same club as George Groves, he gets selected to go... For the trials for mm-hmm. the Olympics, he goes to the Olympics, and then 
he hits gold. A tremendous yeah, achievement. Absolutely. Look, I come fresh from the press conference today where Chris, I'll, I'll start it with what Chris Eubanks Sr. had to say about him today. He said, I quote, I'm petrified for my son on Saturday because this guy could end my son's reign as a box office fighter. Because James DeGale, not only was he a brilliant amateur, he was an 80-1 to 1 underdog to win the Olympic gold medal um, in Athens, wasn't it? It was Athens, was it? Was it Beijing? I can't remember now. I think it might have been Beijing. It was Beijing. Beijing Thank 2008, Thank, yeah. yeah. It was Beijing. It seems like a long time ago. But he was brilliant out there as a middleweight, yeah? He comes home, he wins everything, but he's not popular. He, as he said about himself, he was always like Marmite. People loved him or hate him. He had a very poor campaign against George Groves, who was his arch enemy growing up. They, that was a seminal fight for him early on in his career, which he won by split points decision, um, which, which Groves won by split points decision, his first loss. But he bounced back from that, and he went abroad, and he kind of made his name in America more than anywhere else. Yeah. He was brilliant against Durrell winning the world title. He won the world title back last year. He's very sleek. He's a brilliant southpaw boxer. He's got every skill you want. He's not a power puncher. For me, one of his best performances, the draw against, is against, the draw against Badu Jack, who he put down early in the fight in New York. It was an amazing fight. He had his front teeth knocked out. <laughs> and that's the night when James DeGale finally became popular with the British public mm. after he kind of took a beating and got a draw. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what though, Gareth, that was an ageing fight as well as, uh, as, well as a great well, It took a lot out of him. Yeah, yeah, it did take a lot out of him. Look, But look how good Badu Jack's been since Badu Jack let me hasten to add beat George Groves um, in Las Vegas in, on the 50th fight of Floyd Mayweather's career and has been a brilliant light heavyweight as well James DeGale is, was the first British boxer to win an Olympic gold medal and become a world titleist. Anthony Joshua, Nicola Adams will do it. Anthony Joshua's done it since. Um, he's been a brilliant exponent. I think he hasn't been loved and been given the love that perhaps he could have done by the British public because he hasn't always done himself a favour promotionally. Mm. Um, and he's done a lot of his best work in America. Mm. Yeah. Uh, regarding um, a little bit of a spat. Uh, before we continue talking yeah. about James today at the press conference, there's a little bit of a spat regarding George Groves. I know you brought him up there, so I think it's the perfect time yeah, to I, mention it. Well, I got to the press conference there and I was tipped off that George Groves was, had been taken off the broadcast from ITV and there had been complaint from one of the camps. So I put it. George was on part of the core commentary team, wasn't he? He was for ITV. Yeah. I, I beg your pardon. Yeah, he was for ITV, not Talk Sport. But. I found out that he wasn't on the ITV commentary team anymore, having retired two weeks ago. Um, and I and I said to James DeGale, I, he told me that he'd no idea about Groves being um, omitted from ITV's broadcast. Here's what he had to say. Like, it was news to me when you just said, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I'm not that kind of... That's the kind of thing that Groves does. He's done that to me before, Groves. That's the kind of he does. I wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Don't bother me. I don't care if he's on the broadcast. Uh, he's not fighting with me. He's not fighting. I'm not fighting against him. Okay. Um, you you clearly have the bit between your teeth. Yeah. Um, very animated yeah. in front of uh, Eubank today. I know you've seen bits of him in the build-up, but you're clearly up for this. And and you talked about fear. You've talked about energy. Um, and they've been very respectful to you today. I thought at least senior anyway. Because senior don't want egg on his face once one once again. That's what I'm saying. He's, 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 he used to say his, his son was a killer, his son was better than Floyd Mayweather. His son's a good fighter, he's tough, honestly. He has got some good, attri some good attributes, uh, Gareth, and you know that. Like, he's not a fighter or like that, but I just believe that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm a lot better than him. 
we know you're a lot better. Technically, you can't you can't be beaten. Like he disrespect, he's been disrespecting me. Like just talking like I ain't done nothing in the game. Like compared to him, I'm boxing Rowie. I'm saying compared to him, I'm saying it's like it's mad. But listen, all the talking's been done. The prep, we've all prepped. The training, the training's gone well. My weight is spot on. I'm feeling great. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not drawn. I'm not dry. I just feel great. I've got no excuse on Saturday. Uh, James Gale speaking uh, to Gareth a little bit earlier on uh, at the final press conference. Just um, regarding the way that he goes about this fight at the weekend, John. He, I mean, we've watched James on several occasions. He starts extremely well, and then he goes for a walk in those middle rounds. He can't afford to do that, can he? Against no, uh, a Eubank Junior? Absolutely not. Because the one thing you know about Chris Eubank, he's got you know he's, he's shown technical deficiencies in the past. He's taken on a, a different train of this one, Nate Vasquez, and you will see what, what sort of difference that makes. But you know he has got a tremendous engine, and if uh, if 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 James goes missing like he did against Caleb Truax in that first fight when he was just lying back on the ropes and looking I mean if he's listening now he won't like to hear it but he looked like a shot fighter mm. you know if he if he performs like that against Eubank Eubank will be all over him mm. um, regarding how you rank him because we, we, we've been very very lucky to have some fantastic middleweights and super middleweights uh, from Britain and Ireland over the last 20, 30 years. I'm looking at you as well. Did you ask Rank or James or, or Chris? Yeah, Kinder? I'm talking, this is about James DeGale, with obviously yeah. his achievements of an Olympic gold medal and becoming a two-time champion. Where do you think he ranks amongst some of the great British super middleweights that Can we've Can I had? be honest with you? I don't think James DeGale reaches full potential. I, I think he discovered towards the end of his career that the American uh, side was probably better for him. I, I, I honestly believe that he had to went to the States and spent his pro career over there. I think with, with the mix over there and, and his style of fighting, I think it would have brought the best out in him. Mm. I don't think James DeGale has really achieved his best in his professional career. I think he's a, he's a lot more talent than we've seen. Um, you know, I just think his, the methods and the way he fought in the past didn't really suit him. Maybe, you know, he's, he's had, I think six of his last seven fights have been in America. That could have a positive effect on him. That could bring a style out in him that might be uh, that might suit him more. But I, I just don't think he's reached his full potential. I think he's got a lot more talent there that we haven't seen yet. Whether we will see it on the night, I don't know. But I'd still believe that James DeGale was a better fighter than what we've seen. What would past. you have expected from him, Steve? To unify, to become undisputed I, champion? I, after the Olympic Games, you know, I, I would have liked to see him base himself out in, in the United States, you know, in the gyms with rubbing shoulders with contenders, with, with champions at different weights, you know, in the gyms, having wars in the gym bring the best out in him. You know, he remained in the UK, the good deal here. He got good trainers here, but I, I don't think he had the, um, he was surrounded by enough great fighters to bring the best out in him. And I, I think, unfortunately, he, he's got a lot of talent. Yeah. And I, I, I get the impression that people are kind of writing him off a bit. I mean, what is he, 32 years old? Yeah, yeah. You know, guys are fighting till they're 40 now. The, the youth nowadays, young men nowadays, you know, mature later or just seem to mature stay, stay fit for longer I think I think it's the style we live now the, 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 you know the, how we eat how we train I think fighters are lasting longer I don't see James DeGale being an old man he, sometimes you look like an old man when things aren't going your way but that can happen to somebody in I, their early 20s I but, think a lot of people's opinion on it and maybe this is what you guys were just going to say there I think his last three fights the, the Badu Jack fight I think has taken a lot out of him because that was a proper war and the Truax fight he w- he's been injured, you know, he had a bad shoulder injury, he's had Achilles injuries, he's had his septum done in his nose, hasn't he? He says that all that is now fixed. We're going to find out on Saturday night. I'm a big believer in 
trust what you've seen rather than what you're told. You know, Correct. if somebody if somebody says I'm in the best shape of your life, what's he supposed to be saying? I'm, he's not going to go in there and saying I'm 32, 33, and I'm not the same as I was when I was 28. He's no, not but Collins, Collins, so, yeah, saying who, you're right, you're right. I agree with you. Who, who's he trying to convince himself or the public? You know, well, but this, but but here we are. How often do we have it? We have a domestic fight, and we're here arguing who's going to win. I mean, that's what makes this a great fight. Yeah, you got does. the young gun, and you got the you know the the, the seasoned pro, and, and you know is it. it is it going to be a change of the guard? We don't know. We don't the, know. The, really. the, the, the thing is, when you look at James DeGale's records, Jen, and I think you all make a really good point, you know, you go back to the George Groves loss in 2011. Since then, if you were to pick a couple of names out, the only people who are really of names that we, we have in the division, Durrell, Butte, Andre Durrell, Lucien Butte, who had a fantastic fight, or Fro- Carl Froch had a fantastic fight against Butte, Badu Jack, and now Chris Eubank Jr. Those are the names that really stand out. All the other names are kind of... They're okay, but they're not people you get excited about. And I completely agree with Stephen. I think it's a point that hasn't been made enough about James DeGale. The matchups he's had haven't been the greatest. But here's the thing. He signed with Al Heyman, and he's just been paid very well. And that's what's happened to him. I wonder if he'd done what Steve did. You know, Steve was coached by Freddie Roach and had his first... You had all, all your early career over in the States. I wonder if he'd gone over and had a different perspective on his training, yeah. whether whether he might actually have developed into a slightly different fighter. Yeah, I definitely do, because, you know, when he remained in, in the UK, he was, you know, the Olympian, the great uh, gold medal winner. Yeah. Mm. Um, he was top of, you know, top of the heap. If he'd have went to America, he would have been looked down upon as just another British fighter, who an amateur, and we're going to show him. He would have been thrown in the deep end, and he would have come through a hardened, you know, tough fighter. Yeah. But let's talk about Chris Eubank Jr. He's still improving. I'm curious to see what is this new coach has added to his arsenal because mm. there's so much more he can do that he doesn't do. I, I think he's got a lot more to show as well. So, mm. well, we'll get into him in a minute. We've got a full yeah. section on Chris Eubank yeah, Jr. coming in a minute. Well, one of the things, one of the <laughs> things, quickly, I've got yeah. to go to the football. We'll get Sorry, to him in a minute. Yeah. Don't you worry, buddy. No, don't uh, stop this for football. <laughs> soccer news. Soccer well, news. Soccer. Bit. Sorry, Moose. Come on, tell me what's going on at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, let me out there, Steve Collins. 27 gone. Chelsea nil, Malmo nil. Still 2-1 to Chelsea on Agra. Best chance of the game, Marcus Rosenberg, the former West Brom player, turned Rudiger 15 yards out, shot just wide of Willie Caballero's left-hand post. Chelsea disappointing so far, but they're on attack at the moment. Chelsea nil, Malmo nil. Chelsea still 2-1 up on Agra. Cheers, Moose. Much appreciated. Do stick with us. You're listening to a fight night special here on TalkSport. Coming up next, we'll preview Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, we've got a fight night special for you here on Talk Sport. It will be available as a podcast, so make sure you subscribe to us. Fight night on iTunes. You can get us on our website, Fight Desi- <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at these clowns here. <laughs> we'll get. I'm, I'm referring to Sorry, you. Sorry, Adam. I, I know. I'm can a we clown. concentrate on the program, guys? Collins is making me Never laugh. Never mind. Cause, Listen, cause he can do what he wants. He's a boxer to comedian. Listen, he's and, a, and military police. He's our guest. He can do what he wants. All right. Um, we're going to talk uh, <laughs> Eubank Jr. now. We just had a little bit of a preview on James DeGale. Like I said, this will be available uh, on a podcast for you. Make sure you uh, subscribe to it via iTunes. You're looking for talk sport and you're looking for fight night on there. Uh, but on uh, Eubank Jr., um, Gareth, has he stepped out of his dad's shadow yet? 
Um, God, I don't know if you can with Chris Senior. Chris stole all the headlines today uh, at the press conference by saying he, he had the best lines. He always does. He said that I'm petrified for my son on Saturday night. It's a 50-50 fight. He's in against a guy with better pedigree. Um, he might have the spirit over him, the fighting spirit over James DeGale. But well, I've built my son into this platform on ITV Sport. I've stayed in the sport for all these years. I don't want to be in the limelight, he was claiming. Um, <laughs> but the point is... Is. He's putting his son in against a technician, a silky Southpaw fighter, who arguably the only better Southpaw in the in the UK is probably Billy Joe Saunders. Um, and I think it's a very tough fight for him. And I think Chris Eubank Jr. has admitted this week that he is nervous, um, but he does believe he will knock um, James DeGale out or stop him. Mm. And uh, it, he told me, Adam, that it's do or die for him this weekend. You know I'm ready. You've uh, you've been around me enough to see the focus and, and to see how I am before a fight and to, and to know when I'm prepared. And um, I truly am the best prepared for a fight that I've ever been in my career. Um, I can't wait. Am I right in thinking from what you're saying that we might see a more patient approach from you in this fight? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into detail about how I'm gonna fight. Uh, you guys are gonna have to tune in to see. But um, it's just gonna be more effective. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, you'll see. Are you happy that you've kind of rattled him in lots of ways? Because you know it, it was very uh, heated at the beginning of the press conference. Lots of kind of you know call, calling you a moron and lots of different words i mean it's it's quite unusual you're not normally insulted by people in such a way are you ahead of a fight it's schoolboy it's schoolboy but that's all he knows he's not he's not a smart guy he's not he's not uh, he's not educated clearly for him, for him to sit up there and and act like he's 13 in a, a, a in, you know in a playground saying you're an idiot is uh, you know come with something better um but you know, everyone has their own thing and some people will love it and some people will hate it, which is what we want. You know, you want people to get emotional, to be emotionally invested in the fight. That's what, that's what makes people interested and, and tune in. Um, it's a true grudge match. It's a, it's a true rivalry. There's no acting here. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of guys, you know, they kind of fake animosity and beef before a fight to try and, to try and sell it. Everyone knows this is real. Um, and that's why this fight is so exciting. It's two fighters uh, who don't like each other, who are both at the edge, on the edge of a cliff. One of us is going to fall and not going to be able to return. Um, we're fighting for our careers. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. speaking to Gareth uh, a little bit earlier on at the final press conference uh, for this fight with James DeGale, which is live and exclusive on TalkSport at the weekend. John Rowland will be the lead commentator on that. And John... Um, it's been well documented in the build-up to this that Chris Eubank Jr. has brought in Nate Vasquez. You mentioned it a little yep. earlier on. First time that he's had a professional trainer in his career. I know he's had people in his corner like his dad and what have you. But what are you hoping to see? What are you hoping that has been added to his arsenal once that first bell goes at the weekend? In two words, a jab. <laughs> yes, a I, jab. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, he's he, he, against against George Groves, he was beaten by just boxing fundamentals. 
George didn't do anything extraordinary. He just threw nice straight punches and that was good enough because all Eubank was doing was wading in, trying to throw big, huge hooks. Got cut early, which didn't help, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think technically everybody who watched it, I remember both both Tony Bellew and, uh, and Glenn McCrory said he needs help. He needs a proper trainer. Well, he's gone out there and got this guy from the Mayweather gym, mm-hmm. Vasquez, Nate Vasquez, and let's let's see whether he's been able to do anything. But is it a case of you can't teach an old dog new tricks? We'll see. Well, that's it. That's the big question, isn't it, Steve? He's 29 years of age. He spent the majority of his career doing it his own way. Can an old dog be taught new tricks? Um, yeah, of course he can. And uh, you know, he, he's, he, At a certain level, he'll get away with doing what he's doing. But when you step up and fight wiser, more experienced fighters, you've got to add more to your arsenal. So he will have to work his job and probably do a bit more than he normally does. He certainly has the tools to do it. As you said, John, he hasn't done it in the past. I think he has to be a bit more um, active and, yeah. and you know add more to his, 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 his punches, really, than and, and just waiting around for the uppercuts and so on. He does need to work off his job. He needs to put a bit of pressure on James DeGale to make James DeGale feel old. You know, waiting around for the big shots won't work with the guys like James DeGale. They'll steal it from you. So if he wants to make James DeGale look like he's a, a fighter who's gone past it, he will have to put him under pressure. And I, that, start, that starts off just, with a basic just, job. Just picture, just picture Truex, Caleb Truex, at the copper box against James DeGale a year and a half ago. And what he'd was, he did was he hurried and he hassled and he, he, he bustled into James DeGale. What Chris Eubank Jr. mustn't do is let James DeGale settle into the pattern of being a, a magician in there because James wants to paint a masterclass. He's admitted me. Um, producer Matt Smith and I went to James DeGale's home two weeks ago. It was, it was fantastic. It was so interesting. There wasn't a carpet hair out of place. He's OCD. He's a perfectionist. You've got to rattle him and get him out of his comfort zone. And I think if Eubank does that early, it could be a very uncomfortable night for James DeGale. I think he'll start fast and I think he needs to. And we, I know, I agree with you, John. He did look hapless at times against George Groves but he still put Groves through the ringer in that fight. Do you, do you agree with that Steve? No I, I do agree, I agree with what you said definitely in your opening comments. Physically um, I mean. He, he needs to uh, get busy with James DeGale. Mm. If he gives James DeGale room and time James DeGale's got the experience to steal it. Mm. Do you believe on what you've seen so far with Eubank Jr that he could be, go on to become a world champion? Oh definitely, he's got, he's got, he's got the um, He's definitely got the right attitude. He's got. He's got. He's, he's physically strong. He's, he's. He's a gifted fighter. Great heart. Uh, he's got. He's got it all going for him. You know. People say. You know. Can you pick a fault in him? Sometimes I'd like. You know. He's not busy enough. That's all I'd say. You know. If he was a busier fighter, I think he'd be a better fighter. But he. He's doing okay so far. But I honestly see it as. You know. He can mm. improve. And I think he. He has to get busier when he starts getting in with guys with the experience of James DeGale. He has to make them walk more. Because if he waits around, you know the guys with the experience will steal it from him. Mm. John, it's remarkable actually it, it, that he's got to this level without actually having a full-time trainer, isn't it? Well, yeah, it, it is. I mean, actually, hearing Steve like that, you know, what he says there. If you can actually go back to 1995 or whenever it was, that's exactly what Steve did to Senior to Chris Eubank Senior. Mm. You know, if you stood around and let Chris pose and 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 go for little walks around the ring then you're playing into his game because, him, because the he? truth of the matter yeah. was which Steve which Steve showed was that Chris Eubank did that because he couldn't fight three minutes of a round mm. and Steve that's why Steve won the fight so clearly uh, because he made him he took him into in, outside his comfort zone that was it, it, was, it was, that's 
we can't simplify it. That's, that's what I did do. That's it's simplifying it. Yeah, and that's exactly what we planned. We looked at him. You know, we saw all his strengths, but we saw what he didn't do was he wasn't busy. So if you're busier than him, you know, you're going to land more shots and you're going to win it round by round. Well, famously as well, of course, you, you there's this brilliant story that people don't know about it now. Way back in, when was it? Um, 2000, uh, nine, 1995, Green Glens Arena, Mill Street Island. The, the, the build-up was... was the biggest story, and John even wrote the story, if I recall. I was, in the, I was been, right in the middle you, of it. You, 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 you had <laughs> convinced Chris Eubank Sr. that you'd been hypnotised, that it was impossible for you to lose. Do you remember? Well, John was actually, uh, uh, didn't realise it, but we, we played John, and John was our messenger to Chris Eubank. Uh, Chris Eubank wasn't there. When he was we, the fall guy, basically. Chris Eubank wasn't there when we put the story out. John yeah. laid it to him, and, and um, it worked. But if, if you listen to Chris Eubank Jr. speak, he's... he's it's good to listen to. He, he's very sure and definitely knows what he's doing. He's got his mindset really good. His dad was the same. No emotion, is there? There's well, no emotion. Well, no, it's not them. an emotion. It's very matter of fact. Mm. You know, mm. and if you can knock that, if you can take that away from somebody, it takes away, you know, some of their assets. His father was, was very, very much in control in, on Boxing Day and it was all about him. To take that away from him took away some of his arsenal. And uh, that's what we did as well as throwing punches you know so but I listened to his son uh, speak his son is very sure and very definite and very confident confident and really believes in what he's saying and what he's going to do and um, you know James DeGale didn't sound that confident to me no, so you know you, 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 listen, you listen to the boat talk you listen to the boat talk you think that mm. um, Chris Eubank sounds more, more convincing than James DeGale but then sometimes well I don't know but he listen, did against li Groves as well by the yeah, way li didn't li he listen, so to, listen to him he does, he does sound very he's more convincing listening to him speak than listening mm. to James speak but on the night, you know, maybe things will change. We, we, we don't know. See. Yeah. We don't know. Um, well, on that, seeing as that you just brought George Grove's name home, I think it's only fair that we get him on the show, seeing as that he's been in the ring um, with uh, both of these gentlemen. He's coming up next on this Fight Night special here on TalkSport. Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. The fight starts now on TalkSport, the home of boxing. Uh, it's an action-packed show here on TalkSport tonight. It's a fight night special. We'll get back to the boxing in a moment or two. But first, let's get an update from Stamford Bridge. Moose, what's going on? It's almost half-time here. In fact, it is half-time here. The referee has put us out of our misery. Chelsea nil, Malmo nil. This is to entertainment what I am to dieting. It's been pretty poor, really. Uh, a couple of chances for Chelsea. Ball in by uh, Hudson-Odoi. Aspinacueta near post. A touch the keeper kept out. And a Barkley shot from 25 yards. Saved to the keeper to his right. Rosenberg earlier had turned Rudiger, but fired just wide of Caballero's uh, post. Uh, this can only get better. Sorry, you know, guys, is on the ropes. But Malmo don't look good enough to deliver a knockout blow here. Half-time, Chelsea nil, Malmo nil. Cheers, Moose. Much appreciated. Gareth Davis, John Rowling, uh, and two-weight so, world so champion. It me that he's bringing boxing sayings into a football match right, on the ropes. No. <laughs> These guys at half-time are going to put their hairspray on and rub cream in their face. Don't, don't, just, you should not be allowed. I love, how, ang I love should, how angry you get you when we talk about football. A, a, no, football. I remember football was a man's game and sliding tackles and real players, real men played. You know, and now it's all hairspray <laughs> and suntan lotion and just oh, and a lot of money. Oh, well, whatever. They can keep their money. You can win the lottery tomorrow and have money. It doesn't give you a class. You know what I'm <laughs> Steve Collins with us uh, on the show. Lots to get through as we uh, head towards our big fight this weekend between DeGale and Eubank Jr. A man that's been in the ring with the pair of these guys. And on my screen right now, it's got his name and then the description of who he is. Boxer and Chelsea fan. Obviously, he's come off because he doesn't want to watch that misery that's going on at Stamford Bridge at this moment in time. George, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Are you watching the game? 
Luckily for me, by the sounds of it, no, <laughs> no I'm not. switch it off, mate. Switch it off. <laughs> Listen, we've been debating for the last 45 minutes about this fight at the weekend. You've been in with the pair of these guys. Come on. You've obviously worked on game plans to beat the pair of them. Where are the weaknesses? Where are the strengths? And how do you see this playing out on Saturday night? Well, yeah, I mean, um, what a major, major difference would be between the two times when I, when I fought each was Eubanko boxing literally a year and a couple of days ago. But the Gale was probably eight, I think it's eight years ago now. So, mm. you know, uh, he was a lot fresher back then. He was on a sort of meteoric rise coming through the rankings uh, and being really sort of talked about. But lately, sort of, he hasn't really been way off his, his former best. Um, he hasn't, you know, been on pie. He's blamed injuries. He's had lots of other issues outside of the ring. And um, he's really sort of maybe lacked a bit of motivation as well. Uh, is this the right time for Eubank to uh, to fight him? I think so. I think I, I think Eubank sort of um, yeah, he had the loss against me, but before then he had some real good momentum. He had some good wins, and uh, he's got a new trainer now. If he's got himself in good shape and he fights how he can fight, um, I believe it'll go his way. Mm. I believe that you're actually going to now be in attendance. It were on, it were off, it were back on again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Gareth had to ask the, the, the million dollar question at the, uh, at the press conference today. So, yeah, we were asked, do you want to come and come and work work for ITU on the night? I said, yeah, of course, yeah. And any excuse, I'll come. That'll, that'll be good fun. And then um, I get a call today, this morning, saying um, they've asked, well, someone's put in a someone's put in a, a protest or something that you know that you're you, you're not to attend well we'll find out we'll see about that so we'll find out we'll see we'll put a question to, to each man and there's no one no one has their hands up but then i'm fine to come aren't i so to be fair we we, we assumed it was uh james Gale, but it came from the Gale camp but it most likely didn't have anything to do with DeGale himself and he's probably just as shocked as anyone else when he's, it was brought up. So um, probably someone in the background trying to be a bit clever for him, but actually backfired was a PR nightmare for him because he's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to say, oh, I can't attend, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit embarrassing for him. Because it, it's a tough one, George. Thanks for joining us. But because, you know, you know yourself, you're going to go on there, you've, you've beaten both these guys. You had to fight Christopher Ribrasse after a certain Carl Froch had beaten you at Wembley and he was commentating for Sky on that fight. So it shouldn't really be an issue, should it, you know? No, well, like, you know, <clears throat> you can moan about it in the build-up. In the build-up to a fight, I'm pretty sure I would have moaned, knowing that they would have they would said Froch and I'm like, what's he got to do with without me? <laughs> but, uh, but ultimately, the closer you get to the fight, once it's fight week, you know, that, that's at least your concern. Exactly. I mean, you, exactly. You have uh, I, it, 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 and Gareth, the grand plans I used to have in the build-up to a fight, the ring entrances that I'd have elaborated and uh, constructed that eight weeks out that slowly got dipped away and uh, all these you know, these fantastic things that I plan to do and then how do you get down to the fight and fight week? All you care about is having a fight. So you know if I don't get over the line and... Um, you know, sort of green-lighted early on, then you don't care about a fight where you can dig out and anyone shouldn't be worried about who's attending the fight come fight week this close. It's two days away now, so you shouldn't be worried about the fight and I hope both of them 
Oh, that's all they're worried about. Top man, get your uh, suit press, my friend. We will see you on the TV. And have your lem set, by the way, by the sound of it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, by the way, uh, George, I I like Chelsea. I used to follow Chelsea when uh, Peter Osgood was centre forward. Oh, you're a a football man now, are you? And John Hudson. No, back in the day. All right. Back in the so (laughs) Chelsea was a good team. Chop Harris, he's your son. I just just give my show my age. Then I mention some players. Hey, hey, George, when you were growing up and you were in that Dale Youth gym with uh, with James DeGale all those years ago, is it? as a real nipper when you're at primary school do you remember Steve <laughs> Co- do, you, well, you no, that, do you remember Steve Collins fighting and how good was he eh he sat in his dad's lap watching me what a fighter thank you George <laughs> what a fighter George listen we'll see you uh, rigs out at the weekend mate right, take care you, cheers George top man George Groves uh, joining us on the show let's check in with the uh, build up and hype around the Gale and uh, Eubank Junior fight this weekend with ITV Big Fight Saturday Night Boxing Preview on Talk Sport. Watch the fight live from the O2 at itvboxoffice.com. Uh, now, as well as the men event, obviously, between DeGale and Eubank Jr., there's a fantastic undercard to get stuck into. Uh, John, I'm going to come to you for this one because I'm really excited about it. We were out in LA for the Wilder Fury fight, and on the undercard, Joe Joyce made mm. a massive statement that night. This could propel him into that major heavyweight mix. If he beats a former world champion in Bermenstevern, irrelevant of where Stevern's at at this point in his career, it's a name on his resume that then gets him into the mix, doesn't it? Well, boxing's about timing, isn't it? And uh, Stevern's on, on the slide. He looked awful against uh, against Deontay Wilder. Uh, in the second fight, when they when when he faced him, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a great it's a great name for for Joyce. I think he he was he was spectacular in LA. He he's he's kind of from a British perspective going a little bit under the radar mm. because he's basing himself in the United States effectively and coming back over here and fighting on this card. It'll give people a chance to see just how good he is. He's a, he's an exciting fighter. You know, he throws bundles of punches. I think uh, Stiverne is is way past his best he's on the slide and uh, if, if I was going to be uh, suggesting to people to have a little bet I think I'd have a look at Joyce to win this one quickly mm. and he's 92 rounds 1 and 2 mm. and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that happened um, Just regarding what John was saying there about taking yourself out of your comfort zone because uh, this is a British Olympian that's done extremely well he could sit here in his comfort zone and everybody pat him on his back and every time he goes to the supermarket he's took himself out of his comfort zone he's training in Big Bear where there's people like Triple G in that gym and uh, and really putting himself through the mill and you've got to take your hats off to George Joyce for doing that haven't you? Well absolutely they say you're as good as the company you keep and he's in great company you know he's going to see guys at a top level over there and it's going to rub off on, on him plus you know there's a lot of heavyweights over there you know in gyms in America guys arrive into heavyweights arrive into gyms out of blue and they can fight so you know you're always assured good sparring and he's got great coach over there and he's got you know, it, it, everything about it is positive, and the pressure's often being over there. He can make mistakes, and he can do what he has to do, and not be under the line, right? So it's a very, it's a very good move for him, and, and I, I think this is a risk fight for him too. I mean, he's agreed. You know, it's it's very early in his career. He's to me, he's learning. He's a lot more to learn. He's improving all the time. But he's, he's, you know, he's fighting a guy who went twelve rounds at Wilder. So this guy's no more. Say what you like about him. He's, and he's a 40-year-old man, but 40-year-old in heavyweight division but, you know, mm. with about 30-odd fights. What about old. inactivity, Steve? He's had one round in three well, years as, as Stavern. Yeah, yeah, all those are the positives you know, for, for, for Joyce. For Joyce. Yeah. But at the same time, though, you know, the guy will be in shape and the bell rings and he would probably take you know, young Joyce somewhere he hasn't been taken before, which is a great experience for him, a great learning process for him. And what I like about it is they're not wrapping him on cotton wool. It's a tough fight. It's mm. a dangerous fight. Mm. And winning this fight to me will jump him forward, you know, a, a lot. 
Well, it's it's a dangerous fight in as much as Bermain Stavern has held the, the green belt, the WBC title, but he's not a big heavyweight. He's six one. Joyce is a huge heavyweight, and you know what? He's shown us that he just wants to go in there, and he really is a juggernaut. He lets his hands go. I don't think um, Bermain Stavern is going to last three four rounds with, no, with Joe Joyce in this I fight. I think he'll blow him away. But here's the great thing for Joe Joyce. I was telling him about um, you know, he, he didn't know the history of Leon Spinks fighting uh, Muhammad Ali in his eighth fight. This is his seventh or eighth this is his eighth yeah this is his eighth fight i think or seventh or eighth anyway um and the weird thing is with the announcement i know we're going to talk heavyweights in the second hour but with the recent announcement tyson fury going to espn and bob arum as well as bt sport and frank warren and what's kind of developing now with wilder and so on two more wins for joe joyce Joyce and he's in the mix to have these one of these world title fights they've made this a wb title eliminator now so it's it's a great fight for him it's brilliant timing for a guy who is 33 and has had a long amateur record, remember, as well. So Richard, Ch- Richard Schaefer, who used to be the right-hand man with Oscar De La Hoya before he went out on his own and they agreed to disagree, he's the guy behind him. And he said, 12 months from now, he will be ready. And he'll be ready for a world title fight and he'll not only be ready for it, he'll win it. Mm. And that's that's Richard's you know, and, and he is he is a genuine player. He's not he's not actually a great guy when you put a microphone in front yeah. of him. You know, you talk to him you it's talk difficult, to him, isn't it? Yeah. You talk to him with the microphones away and he's he's a very, very engaging guy. Put the live microphone there, and he kind of he's gets very a bit, nervous. He's that's that's, that's kind of common experience. I mean, he's he's, he's okay. Yeah. He's thirty three, but he's a young thirty three. Do you understand? Well, he's, the, he's, the, he's the, a the young man Steve, in, in every sense. And funny, he, but with experience and with, with success, his confidence will grow. But I do like about him is, regardless of what you say, he comes to fight. He, does. he comes forward. He really does. He's looking for the opponent. He's throwing punches with bad intention. It's, it's great. He's, he's got open, a gen- isn't he? A genuine he's guy. Open, you know, who you won't have to look for in the ring. He's going to come and meet you. You know, in, in the ring and, and fight. I mm. love watching him. I'm Me looking. Too. I'm really looking forward to commentating on him again on Saturday night. You know, I, he's, he's, I, my, my concern is, you know, people. Are, I think they could rush him. I think they could rush him. You know, they are 12. rushing him. I There's no doubt are, about it. He's a big. No disrespect. Heavyweight's not mature late. He's a big. I want to say baby, but he's a he's a he's a young man, and he's he's, he's maturing both you know physically and, and mentally, still maturing. So what's the rush? Mm. You know what I mean? In, in three or opportunity, four years, Steve. Opportunity. That's mm. what the rush. Well, is. Well, we'll continue the conversation about heavyweights next because a lot's been going on this week. Obviously, with Tyson announcing his new uh, television deal and everything that's going on there, we're going to discuss the landscape over the next half an hour and that fight that has been announced for Anthony Crawler taking on uh, Vasil Lomachenko in April. You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is it. The time has come. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night. With Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On TalkSport, the home of boxing. Uh, you listen to our Fight Night special here on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davies, John Rawlin and two-weight world champion Steve Collins. If you've missed the first hour of the show, where have you been? It will be available as a podcast for you. You can get that on iTunes. And you can also get it from the TalkSport website. Uh, the first hour dedicated to our live and exclusive commentary fight this weekend between James DeGale and Chris Eubank Jr. coming to you from the All 2 Arena. Uh, right now, I think it's only fair that we get stuck into uh, the heavyweight scene at this moment in time. Uh, you will have seen various press conferences this week, uh, one which uh, Mr. Rowling was actually uh, hosted. Uh, that uh, Tyson Fury was involved where they were announcing his new American television deal and various other fights uh, for various fighters that are connected to uh, Frank Warren and the uh, Queensbury Promotions stable uh, with Billy Joe Saunders moving up in weight and other fights that have been confirmed uh, for the likes of Josh Warrington and Kid Gallagher. We'll get to them a little later. I'm going to concentrate on the heavyweight division, though, uh, right now. Gareth, I'll come to you first. Um, regarding the television deal, Tyson Fury assures us um, that it will make the Wilder rematch more makeable. Do you believe him? I do, uh, but it'll take a longer time for it to happen. I think what's happening is the promotional um, guns are... Well, maybe it's the promotional Game of Thrones is taking place now. All the big hitters, all the heavy hitters, promotionally and television-wise, are involved uh, with the big three heavyweights... Tyson Fury, Jonte Wilder, and Anthony Joshua. And yes, I think we'll see it all play out by the middle of next year. But I don't think we'll see Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fight now, probably till the fall, Bob Aram is saying, which means autumn, of course, in American English. So probably September, and they'll probably both fight in the interim. Um, Deontay Wilder said he's a free agent, but I caught up with both Frank Warren and Tyson Fury, um, promoter and fighter, who began by telling me what this new deal really means for the Gypsy King. It puts Tyson in a position where, you know, when you think about it, he had to go to Germany to win the title. He had to go to LA and fight on on a PBC promotion to get his shot. He's the lineal champion, and it means now that we're in a stronger position than all of them. You know, ESPN in the States has got 3 million subscribers. They're owned by Disney. They're a huge company. They're getting behind Tyson Fury, um, which is great for us. You know, with Bob, we, we top rank and Bob, you know, who's a, as you know, is a big friend of mine and mm. us working together on this. This is going to be something special. So it change, it's a big game changer. You know, um, Tyson's got the biggest audience out in America. You know, Zone doesn't have a big audience, which is where Anthony Joshua fights. And you've got Showtime with... Um, with uh, Deontay Wilder 
Um, Showtime, again, is nowhere big as channel as uh, ESPN. So we're in quite a seriously good position where we hopefully can make these fights happen on more favourable terms for everyone. Obviously, you want to keep Tyson active. He hasn't fought since December. No. Um, that's not very long ago, but he's got that, you know... No, he needs to fight regularly. Yes, you know, he, need, he needs that. He's training hard, you can see from today. He looks fitter now than he did when he fought when he challenged Deontay. Mm. Um, no, he wants to be busy and we're going to keep him active. And as I say, with this broadcast that we've got, in, you know, working with VSPN, working with Top Rank, it's, it's, it puts Tyson in a fantastic place. And obviously we're working with BT here. So it's... Uh, you know, he's, got, he he's got the biggest... And, and here is the big man. Can't believe here. that he's back. Can't believe that he's back. Fury's back. Tell us about this quick deal before you go off and delight. Hartlepool tonight, you're delighting, aren't you? I'm not sure where I'm delighting. Nowhere, <laughs> I don't think. I'm delighting on the train home in about 45 minutes. And and, and so just tell us, Tyson, you know, obviously you've, you're in a much stronger position, negotiational yes, terms now. Yes, it's, it's fantastic. I'm happy for the opportunity. Uh, thank you, ESPN and Frank Warren and Top Rank and everybody else who got involved as well, MTK Global. Uh, everyone done a fantastic job to get this deal over the line it wasn't an easy thing but we got there in the end and now it's for excitement fireworks and a massive party where the breakout party in the united states in december we're here to take over now and take over the job we've never seen you in better shape physically mentally maybe yeah. even emotionally yes. um when would you like to be out next do you want to be out in the next two or three months <laughs> 100% yeah I'm trying to get out in uh, end of April early May but it's not up to me it's up to Frank Warren and I'm sure he's going to deliver and you don't mind if it's not Wilder next if that can't be made because of the negotiational parties I, I want Wilder next but whatever happens happens whatever opponent they get in front of me I will break you brilliant to see you thank you very much Tyson all the best God bless take it easy cheers Russell who do you think we're going to get next I know mate that's what, you know, we've been focused on this the last 10 days, trying to get this over the line. That's why we're all quiet, yeah. radio silence from everyone. Yeah. That's where we are. It's all about, this is all about getting strength in the negotiation. So we've got some serious strength now. Yeah. More stronger position than we were before. So now it's a big game changer. Yeah, yeah. And Bill, ta- it sounds... And, and not sim- just for Tyson, for all our, for all our guys. They're yes. all on SPN. Oh, so they're all going to be on All that. our fights are on yeah, SPN. Yeah, all yeah. these guys are going to be shown on the SPN Live. So yeah, this yeah. is great. Uh, Frank Warren and Tyson Fury speaking a little uh, earlier uh, this week to Gareth A. Davis. John, you were there, obviously, uh, a part of this and uh, and hosting this event. Now, I agree with a lot of what Frank has just said there regarding him being now in a stronger position and the deal from a business point of view is absolutely fantastic for Tyson and for Frank being in a strong position at the negotiation table. But history tells me, just as a fan watching it, when you've got fighters on multiple television platforms multiple promotion platforms it just adds more hurdles to see the best fight the best and the fights that the fans really want to see well I'm old enough to remember Riddick Bow and Lennox Lewis and that you know I mean that's one of the great heavyweight fights which never happened and uh, I, I think I, 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 I just hope you know, I'm not only a boxing commentator, I don't only work for a living within boxing, I'm also a boxing fan. And I want to see those big fights happen. You know, there's so much money involved, you'd think it probably will happen, but it doesn't get any easier. You know, I mean, Al Heyman's a difficult guy guy to deal with, who's got who's got, uh, who's got got Deontay Wilder, Shelley Finkel in there as well. Mm. He's he's kind of uh, a more straightforward man, but Al Heyman's, you know, it's a, he's a Lord Lucan kind of character. You know, <laughs> who, has anybody ever actually interviewed him? <laughs> no, I've not. <laughs> I've never, uh, never even seen him at an event, I don't think. And, 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 and clearly, uh, 
Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn aren't exactly buzzing buddies, are they? But you know, they will be if they can make a few million well, pounds. That, so. is, that true. is the difference. That is true. Mm. And uh, you know, from a from a fan perspective, though, Gareth, you know, well, we just want to see th- these fights. There's, but there's two things about boxing. It's a brilliant sport. It's an amazing. There's some amazing people with amazing backstories. But it's also a business. Mm. And when you get to a certain level in boxing, and you get to uh, um, uh, the, the kind of time when you are going to make big money, it becomes business and there's no bigger business than heavyweight boxing and that's unfortunately where we are right now. Lewis and Tyson they got that on in the end didn't they? Steve I want to get your thoughts on this in a moment or two but at Stamford Bridge there's been a goal. Moose what's going on? Chelsea won, Malmo nil, brilliant run by Angola, Kante through the middle, played it out left to Willian and his ball into the middle, three yards out of tapping for Olivier Giroud, this will please Steve Collins but that really is the knockout blow for Malmo, bang, Chelsea won, Malmo nil, 3-1 Chelsea lead on aggregate. He's playing to you now Steve, he's playing to you, he's trying to impress you. Um, <laughs> regarding what we've just been speaking about, obviously there's promoters involved, TV companies involved and a lot of jurisdiction in order to, to make fights happen. But how much would you say, and maybe speaking from your own personal experience, Steve, how much is actually on the fighter to make the fight, to make the big, big fight? Can they take control of their own career and say, listen, forget all this mumbo-jumbo nonsense, let's just get this on? Uh, ideally, yes. Um, but, you know, they signed the contracts and, and um, the, you know, the agreements are made, they put a name on paper, it's not, it then becomes out of their control. They can put pressure and they can make noise. You know, if a fighter wants to get a fight on, regardless of you know who he's assigned to or who his promoter or manager is, all he has to do is go public and say, I want this fight. And if the other opponent wants the fight to happen as well, then it should happen. You know, the, 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 these three large networks controlling these three different fighters, they're all talking about the, the money to be made. The big money will be made when they fight each other. Mm. And I'm sure, as you said, it's business. They can divvy it up among themselves and, and make enough money. But, but sometimes fights, fights like that, though, they're important, aren't they? I mean, no doubt you walk, you walk down the street now and people either talk to you about the Eubank fights or they talk to you about the Ben fights. That's what they talk to you about, don't they? Yeah. Do you, do you, Legacy yeah, fights yeah, yeah, are I mean, important for these I, boys. I, I believe my heart and soul that I think... I think uh, uh, Tyson Fury tomorrow would fight either one. He couldn't care less. I I, I think if the contract was put in front of him to fight Wilder again or, or to fight AJ, he'd sign it. The, the and I, he, he, he's, he's, he's public about that. I'd like to hear the other guys you know, say the same. The big gamble took place in December last year when Frank Warren took the fight or took Tyson Fury to fight Deontay Wilder. No one knew what he'd have left. He lost £140, as I've said many times, the weight of Melania Trump. Yeah, <laughs> And he went and fought Deontay Wilder, who was projected as the most dangerous puncher in the heavyweight division. He schooled him in boxing terms. He got knocked down twice. He probably won the fight. I had him winning by three or four rounds. But Deontay Wilder and he created a spectacle. Tyson Fury's stock rose, and this is the result of that. That was the gamble, and it's paid off. And whether the fans like it or not, whether you like it as a fan, John, with your fan hat on... They are going to maximise now. You've been promoted by Bob Arum in your time, haven't you, Steve? He's a guy that maximises his fighters. He didn't let uh, Manny Pacquiao fight Floyd Mayweather for five years. But that's great. Because he didn't want to lose From his From a business cash point cow. of view, and we hear this word business all the time, mm. but I came into the sport as a fan first before I started broadcasting on it. I want to see the best fight the best. That's but what I want to see. But Floyd Mayweather had big names to fight. So has Manny Pacquiao. 
the, the big names in the heavyweight division, are the, the three biggest names are these guys here. All undefeated. And they're all going to have to, <laughs> you know, they can fight everybody else, but it'll always be a second division. Correct. You know, the big money will mm. be when they get her on. Mm. And between the three of them, they could have, you know, half a dozen fights and everyone could make a lot it of money. It would be amazing. You know? I mean, the funny thing is, John, sorry, um, is that Dillian White just turned down five no. million pounds right. to fight Anthony Joshua. It's extraordinary, isn't it? That's what, it, it blows my the mind. Big, the big worry, the longer you wait is that one of them goes and gets beaten, that mm, Dillian White mm. goes and beats Anthony mm, Joshua, for mm. instance, yep. and therefore you never see Joshua versus Fury. What, yeah. Best and, and versus that, the best when they're at their best. That's you, what we say, yeah, isn't of course, it? You know? Of course. Do stick with us, uh, because this uh, heavyweight conversation is going to continue, because there's a big baby going to join us on the uh, on the phone in a moment or two, because he's been involved in a, a press conference this week with uh, oh, Anthony that Joshua. Yes. That one. That one is going to come and join us. Yes, he is. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. One mill is a little I'm gonna knock him the f- in June 1st. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt. He's an ex kickboxer, drug abuser, punches like a fairy. Your mom think I'm hit hard though. Where's your mom? She'd be lucky. I pay her rent now. Yeah. I pay yeah. her rent now. Yeah. yeah. I pay her rent. I would jump on this car. I pay your mom rent now. Bow to me right when you see me. Say I'm walking over this. I'm your landlord. Say I'm walking over this right I'm now. If you gangster, say I'm walking over this. Brooklyn, what up? Sound like a fake. <laughs> your fish and tits, crumpets and tea, you want some water? Which one is your mum, Drew? How you doing, mum? You look beautiful. I'm sorry about your son as well. Hey, Asian, what to keep talking? Fight. Look at, look at, look at. What well, guess what? Do? I'm out of here. He can kiss my. Hey, you listen to a fight night special uh, here on Talksport as we head towards our big fight this weekend. We've got live exclusive commentary of James DeGale taking on Chris Eubank Jr. Come and join us from 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll be ringside at the O2 Arena for that tonight. It is Gareth A. Davis, John Rowling uh, and Steve Collins joining me in the studio. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure to be in your company. Right now, uh, it's a pleasure to have uh, Jarrell Miller uh, on the show, a man that's been on on several occasions and you've uh, obviously spent a little bit of time with me last week. Gareth, at Bellator, I saw you having a little bit of a, a chat oh, with Jarrell. Listen, he, 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 I sat down next to him. He was in the very plush seats and mm. I didn't realise he was going to explode on Anthony Joshua two days later. But it's always big to... It's always great to speak to big baby Gerald Miller. He's obviously a former kickboxer as well. And, you know, he's the first person I've seen in Anthony Joshua's career, apart from Dillian White, to properly get under his skin. And it's very, it seems very easy to irritate Anthony Joshua. Jarrell, welcome to the show. Talk to me about this beef, my friend, this week. Is it real or is it manufactured? Uh, I mean, nothing about big babies manufactured. My brother, what you see is what you get. I don't never put a front on for anybody or anything. There's no amount of money on this planet that will have me sell my solar act before. We've um, we've seen a few press conferences this week in in the UK where between Eubank uh, Junior and De Gale and Eubank Junior said that he's got the other man rattled. What did you learn from that press conference this week as you looked into the eyes of Anthony Joshua? Oh, I definitely I definitely have his number. You got to understand. You know, sometimes I've got to find something about one person that just doesn't seem right. And I said, from the time I've seen Anthony Joshua in a couple of his fights, I knew I had his number. It is a matter of time. That's why it took so long for these guys to acknowledge me. Like I said, I was number two and number three ranked in the world for almost three years, two or three years. Until other guys were getting more bigger fights and bigger names, it kind of pushed my ranking spot back. It wasn't because I was inactive. It was just, you know, the politics of boxing and promoters that have big pockets. But like I said before, I know once I get in front of him, I'm going to have his number, and that day has finally come. How would you break him down, Jarrell, on the night when we when we get to uh, June the 1st at Madison Square Garden? 
oh man, just being a mean dude, you know, just 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 doing what I do best, and that's just being a a, a, a big body that's gonna constantly be on him and just be mean, you know. He he can't deal with pressure. He's never done with a guy that puts pressure on him, you know. He's not he's not a great boxer, and that's the problem with people that they feel because he looks the part and he's de- and he's a decent fighter. He's a boxer. He's not a great boxer. The guy can fight, yes, no doubt about it. All top five contenders can fight. But being a boxer and really having a good job and footwork is something totally different. He doesn't acquire those skills. Um, Gerald, um, the, one of the things that um, you said to me when we sat down at the a cage side at Bellator last week was that the thing about Joshua is people forget that he's been given the Cinderella treatment, if you like, that he's been given the, the easy ride all the way from the Olympic Games because he won it at home. But you also said to me, as you kind of alluded to there, that he's quite a limited boxer and that you will have a very versatile game plan for this fight. Correct, correct. Most definitely. You think about combination punching and skill and everything combined together. I'm a better boxer than he is. I've shown in past fights where my jab is better, my uppercuts are better, my body size is better, my hand movement is better. I can relax inside a pocket. AJ can't do any of those things. You see what I'm trying to say? But I said, once you have a couple fights where you kind of just use your sports, people think all I can do is come forward and throw hook hooks to somebody's job. And that's not the way I told you fight. I have different multiple styles. I said, he's very limited as a boxer. And when you see one potential style that he's fought in his entire career, as an, and as well as an amateur, he's very limited. So I said before, when June 1st comes, you're going to see the best and big baby you've ever seen in your life. So we started the press conference uh, in New York where he said he was going to knock you out in seven. You annoyed him so much he said he's going to knock you out by the end of the fourth, by the end of the press conference. Um, I think he's kind of put it out there. He really needs to make a statement against you. And... In, in in such a way, I think he might have put a bit of pressure on himself as well. Yeah, you got to think about AJ. AJ doesn't have one knockout punch in power. He never has and never will have. You understand, every time he's he's knocked out an opponent, it's either because a person outpunched himself or was fatigued or fighting at a pace that, that comfort, comfort, comfortably fits AJ. And if Rebecca can fight, it went to, what, seven rounds? And Rebecca had his number about four or five of those rounds until he got tired. You look at a dominant Brazil, a guy who has limited amateur skill and doesn't really have punching power or the boxing finesse, went seven rounds with him. The only person actually fumbled the ball was Charles Martin, who had a better boxing pedigree than any other guy, but just, just gave up on himself in the second round. Mm. So you look at any one of his fighters where I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm faster, throw way more combinations, and I'm hungry and younger, it, it, the numbers don't add up. So I'm trying to say, so it's a lot different when he's fighting me compared to those guys. If he come in there and you're going to knock him out, if he tries to box, I'm going to get him tired and knock him out. So no matter what game plan AJ brings to me, I'm built for war, and I'm going to put him on his behind. Jarrell, listen, go well, my friend. Um, you're in the UK on Monday, obviously, for the second press conference. Are you uh, going to pop into TalkSport, come and have a bit of a chat? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely. Most Excellent. Definitely. Be good to see you again. Uh, I, I know the fans. You know, I, yeah, most definitely, man. I can't wait to come back to London. You know, the, the fans are great. The media was awesome. You know, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the second press conference. Um, you know, sometimes as a fighter, in the way, the way you were raised over here in America, man, you got to go, you got to go, what's what I'm looking for? You got to go 100, 100%. There's no, there's no toning it down. You got to be, you got to be a mean fighting machine, you know? And some people don't understand it. They look at it as he's being arrogant or ignorant. But like I said, I've always put my money where my mouth is and I go in there and do work. You know, any, and anybody that knows Big Baby knows I'm the nicest, calmest guy outside the ring. But when it comes to fighting, and putting my life on the line. There's nothing jokes about this. There's no politics about this. i got to go in there and do my job, and anything goes. Mm. That's just part of life. Jarrell, go well. We'll look forward Cheers, to seeing Jarell. you on Monday. Take care. See Thank you, you very much for being on the show.
Uh, Jarrell Miller, um, obviously speaking off the back of uh, the first press conference, the second one's on uh, in London on Monday uh, for his fight against Anthony Joshua at Madison Square Garden on June the 1st. John, um, regarding listen, listening to him talk there... He talks see, a great fight, doesn't he? He, talk, he does talk a great fight. He's very bright. I, it's very no, bright. Can I cut across? I, I have never heard him speak before. And I, all I saw was the clips on TV where he pushed... Uh, Anthony and he starts shouting and screaming. I thought, what an idiot! You know, this guy. Oh, I hope he gets knocked out. And this is bad for boxing. Now when I hear him talk, I actually like what I hear. Yeah, he's quite articulate and and he and he, he seems well studied, doesn't he? He's like convincing, he's, yeah, and believable because he he talks sense. So don't judge a book by its, its cover. I was for you know, I've, I've totally changed my opinion of him now. I'm actually looking. I I, I like what I hear. Mm. Um, the behaviour on the stage. I don't get that. Maybe he was ill-advised, um, but there you go. Same promoter but, for both men, so you wonder if they said but, to him, play up, you know? Well, you know, in, in saying, I, I, well, if, I don't think they were acting because I, I genuinely, Anthony Joshua wasn't phased by it. I think Anthony Joshua was very cool about it and got off the stage and said to him, you know, come have a face-off. Yeah, you're right. I think did. Anthony Joshua was saying he to him, you know, I'm not scared of you. He behaved scared in that um, uh, conference, and I thought he, he's, he's on a loser, but listening to him talk, he sounds more convincing now, and he sounds a lot more articulate. Mm. He sounds yeah, he's actually I enjoy listening to him. He's he dead right sense, about you know? Povetkin as well, isn't he? Mm. he I mean, yeah, I mean, he, well, I mean, he, he, Anthony had. I, I, listen, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, a, there, I'm a fan of Anthony Joshua, but yeah. you know, against Povetkin, who is what 39 years yeah. old, for three rounds he had all the trouble he needed. Mm. There's nothing he said there you can disagree with. No. It's a total, it's a total contrast to what I expected from, from what I saw on the stage, mm. and. Um, I'm actually pleasantly surprised now, and I'm I'm more interested in in seeing this fight now. Miller is a natural 300 pound man. He's I mean I've watched him in kickboxing as as well against a, a, a kickboxing legend in Mirko Krokop, and you know that kickboxers are generally very tough for 15 minutes. They can take body shots. They're used to it. They get kicked to the body a lot. Remember the thing is with Jarrell, if he can take Joshua's punches, and I don't think there's many people in the world that can. If he can take, and he is quite easy to hit. If he can take Joshua's punches and take him beyond four, five, six rounds I think we'll have a very interesting fight on our hands mm. but I do favour Joshua to end him early I think yeah, I think, I think, he's made for Joshua mm. I think, I think, you know, he's I think, easy to hit I think Steve. those four or five it's, rounds it, it, I think he'll take him out he sounds like he's more of a competitor now than I expected earlier so it's, it's oh, got, it, oh, the fight is more interesting he's, he's getting six it's, million it's a, more, it's a more interesting fight for me he's getting six million US dollars for this fight if he wins he gets 20 you know, it's that it's that Buster Douglas Mike Tyson moment yeah, sure. for him, isn't it? Mm. You know, regarding John, regarding Anthony's approach to this, this is his debut in America. He needs a statement, doesn't he? He needs a big statement win. Yeah, that's and that's why I think this fella is absolutely the person who's going to provide him with that opportunity because, as Gareth rightly says, he's easy to hit. Uh, he's he's tough enough and looks the part and talks up a good fight, as we're hearing. But the reality of it is that uh, Anthony, I think, is on a different level. And if he thinks he doesn't punch, well. You know, let's wait and see. I think he does. <laughs> uh, do stick with us. It's a fight night special here on Talk Sport. We are going to be speaking to another Anthony very, very shortly. Anthony Crawler will be joining us because his fight was announced this week to take on one of the pound-for-pound pound best in the world, uh, Vasil Lomachenko. We'll get Anthony's thoughts on that next. Down your dad. Really going for it in the 11th. And now Crawler comes back. These 31-year-olds have given us a really good watch here. 116 to 112 for your winner by unanimous decision from Manchester, Anthony Million The payday, yeah, it would be nice, but I'm fighting one of the best fighters on the planet. 
I won't be going in there just to share the ring with him. I'd, and some people, again, will have their opinions, but I go in there with a belief I can pull off a massive upset. Uh, you listen to our Fight Night special here on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis, John Rowling and Steve Collins. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Anthony Crawler in a moment or two, but first, back to Stamford Bridge because there's been a goal and a sending off. Moose, what's going on? Uh, Chelsea 2, Malmo 0. Bengtsson was sent off for uh, Malmo. Foul on the edge of the area from the free kick. Uh, Ross Barkley curled it beautifully beyond the goalkeeper who just stood as a spectator. Barkley since got off and so too has Kante. On have come Loftus-Cheek and Jorginho and Chelsea are into the last 16. Chelsea 2, Malmo 0. Chelsea lead 4-1 on aggregate. Cheers, Moose. Much appreciated. Uh, right, Anthony, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, fine. Yeah, sweet as, mate. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, um, I saw a screenshot of your uh, your phone screen um, about an hour or so ago, and you've been inundated over the last uh, 24 hours or so. Yes. I've no doubt that the uh, the Red Army have been getting in contact with you regarding tickets for this uh, epic fight yeah. in Los Angeles. There's so many people who's asking us for tickets, I'd say, on hopefully. Mm. I'll have him in the next day or two. I'll have some info. I'm going to go on sale Tuesday. But, um, yeah, I'll know then. It's just like family, friends are making over the trip. But there's loads of... I thought, like, with it being in L.A., so many people struggle because it's not... Well, just New York, Vegas, you know what it is. It's direct flight, and it's just a little bit easier. Um, but, yeah, I've been took back by the amount of people who are making the trip, like you say, some of the Red Army. Mm. Some people from everywhere. I mean, wherever they're from, are made up, you know, the, the amount of support that I'm getting. Well, for those that don't know, April 12th is the, desti- is the date. The destination is uh, the Staples Centre in LA and the opponent is uh, Vasyl Lomachenko. We spoke about this on many occasions, mate, when you've been on this show. Talk to me yeah. about his weaknesses. How do you go about breaking this man down? He's, with, I believe with Lomachenko, he actually does do things on, but he's that good, he's that sort of, his movement, he's so unpredictable. You are sort of guessing, second-guessing what he's going to do. I love it. When preparing for him, He's so unorthodox. You know, we're studying fights now. We're studying which combinations he seems to like. And um, But you are a little bit second-guessing because it's so hard to read. And um, like I say, we've got to make sure we're obviously in the best place we can be, um, which which we will be. I have no doubt about that. Mm. But um, we've saw... We saw last time out with Pedraza. Pedraza had great success. Linares. Um, I know I lost Linares, but, you know... He landed a great shot to put him over, and was it well in that fight just before the finish? It was only a point or two down, in my opinion. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't way down. He was, uh, he was still in the fight. So, you know, he's not, he's not invincible. That's what uh, I'm saying. No, he's no man. He's, he's listen. He's very, very good. He's, he's brilliant. What, what, I, what, I've, what I've seen with people that have done well against him, i.e. Salido and Pedraza, as you, as you just mentioned yeah. there, they've tried to Lomachenko, Lomachenko by using a lot of lateral movement. Is that something yeah. that you're going to be working on over the next God knows how many months before you get in the ring with him? Yeah, for sure. I think it's seven weeks, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, but with, with, um, with that Salido, you sort of saw him rough him up a little bit. And with, with um, you know, you tape it for that. But Pedraza, like you say, he had success with you know, using angles himself. And I think Lomachenko for years, from being through the amateurs, he's thought of people who were just going to try and rough him up, you know, drag him into a dogfight. And I think he's seen that style. It's not all styles, but he's seen that style um, so many times before. So I think you've got to sort of try and bring someone a little bit different, a bit like Pedraza did, a bit like Lanaris did. 
uh, something different to the table and uh, move your feet as well. Anthony, uh, congratulations on on the fight that will. I know a bang. Yeah, well, I bang on about this all the time. Congratulations on the fight where you'll be able to open Crawler's coffee bars as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I want to, I want to, a franchise myself, and I want investment yeah. in it when you do it. Look, I'm. I'm You're welcome. <laughs> I remember we talked about that at Joe Gallagher's gym a little while ago. Six years ago, right? You yeah. had a draw for the Commonwealth title in your second fight with Derry Matthews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a story you've had for the last six years. You cannot, I can't, well, I can't believe it. The British public can't believe it. How have you done this over the last six years? It's honestly, Gareth, it has been absolutely crazy. You know, when I look back and I remember being in the hospital after that fight, I threw up, mm. like mad in the back and he says, you know, I work at the hospital, it's out, I had to have scans and stuff. And uh, yeah, six years later to, um, not to stay, but within like a month or so, I'll be um, I'll be going in for the best prize at the sport against you know, a lot of people's opinion the best fighter on the planet. So I couldn't tell you exactly. All I can say is I give it absolutely everything in training, in training camp, and I'm a big believer in hard work pays off, and there's been nothing more true than that. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say you know there's no luck involved because everyone needs a little bit of luck. Um, I've had a bit of luck. I've had a bit of bad luck as well, but uh, I believe I've just I've made the most out of what I've got. I'm not the most talented fighter out there, but uh, I've made up for it with hard work. There's there's two things, Anthony. There are two fights where I think you showed how you finish people: Ismail Barroso, Darlis Perez, body shots, mate. Yeah. Go to that man's body. Harry yeah. him, hustle him, go to his body because you throw great shots to the body. Yeah, I've, I certainly just somehow been looking to bring in. I mean, he's got. Listen, I think we saw the, the time for out and as he threw a lovely body shot himself. But his head, his head. I think if you're trying to work that, it's a, it's a much. Well, it's a smaller target for sure, but it's a much harder target to it um, because of his movement, elusiveness. So it is something. I think it's no secret, but we'll look to go to the body. Mm. But um, it's it's about setting that body shot up, isn't it? Setting those body mm. shots up. And, so, uh, and before we let you uh, clear off, I'm I'm going to upset uh, upset Steve Collins here talking football just for one second. Big game at the weekend, <laughs> mate. Are you a lot turning <laughs> over Liverpool? Are you turning them over? Mate, you're dead right with turning over. challenge. Top man. Thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Take care. Thanks for having us, boys. Cheers, cheers, Anthony. Super. Can't wait to be there with you. Anthony, Anthony Crawler joining us on the show. We're going to continue the conversation about the uh, uh, Lomachenko fight coming up, but there's been another goal at Stamford Bridge to keep it on the football theme. Moose, what's gone on? Chelsea 3, Malmo 0, 10 man and Malmo 0. And this is a popular goal. Uh, Callum Hudson Adoy has fired the ball into the bottom corner of the net past the Malmo goalkeeper from the edge of the penalty area on the right hand side of the game. And the tie long, long since over. Uh, we're just counting down the minutes now to the end. Six and a bit to go. Chelsea 3, Malmo 1. It's now 5 1 on aggregate. Uh, thanks a lot, Moose. Uh, John, regarding Crawler against uh, Lomachenko coming up in uh, April, we've we've seen Brits go abroad before and upset the apple cart. This will be right up there with one of the greatest victories of all time, wouldn't oh, it? Well, absolutely. I mean, people are saying that never mind the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world now. They're saying that Lomachenko, he needs big fights, obviously, but in a year or two, we might be saying that he's one of the greatest fighters who ever lived. People are, are, are rating him as highly as that. 
for 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 my for my in, in my time being around boxing, I think Lloyd Hunnigan beating Donald Curry yeah. back in 1985 was it? I think that was the that was the biggest upset because at that at that time Curry was regarded as the, as the best one. fighter yeah. on the planet, yeah. and Lloyd went over there and mugged and him. He went and mugged him. You know, I mean, mm. if 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 Anthony won this fight, it would be absolutely extraordinary. I, I mean, I, I I can't, in all honesty, much as I'd love to see it happen, I can't, in all honesty, see it happening. I think that uh, well, well, I think that Lomachenko wins it, but what an opportunity! Yeah, exactly. You know, they said it in the past. What I like listening about Anthony. He's put together a game plan, yeah, and he's going to stick to it. And, and he's not looking at the obvious. He's, he's, he's trying to find something that that has has not, that will work. And he could he could put together a game plan or a, or a style of attack that could be the the key to on on doing Lemonchenko. We don't know, mm. but if it works on the night, if he, if he, if it works, he could he could turn it. You know, he he could pull it off. Right. He's, he's, def- he's definitely got the tools to do it. Mm. If the game plan is the right game plan. It'd be it's ex- it's extraordinary be, if it did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It does. It can happen. That's mm. hopefully it does. Mm. Regarding Lomachenko, Steve, um, you've obviously watched him a, a, a little bit, and he's only been in the professional game for a short period of time. But he's booming good, isn't he? It's just, it's just something. You know, every once in a while, something special comes along. He just does the things that you have to kind of rewind. <laughs> to, 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 yeah. and, did he just do that? I mean, the the, the balance he has absolutely amazing. And it's like if he almost senses something before. You even know a punch you're going to throw. He almost <laughs> knows you're going to throw before you even think about it. He's, he's just got a gift. It's mm. like an extra sense he has. He's amazing. He's, his balance and his movement is just unbelievable. No, absolutely. You know, and he, he is, you know, he's, he's, he's going to last a long time because he's not getting beaten. He's not getting hit. Mm. Uh, April 12th, LA, uh, Staples Centre is the We're going to be there, Adam, aren't we? It's Come be. on, we've got to be there. Listen, Let's just take the show on the road, That's two baby. in two weeks. That's LA on the and on then the And then Carl Crawford the week after. Two Come of on. our Brits taking on the pound-for-pound pound best in the world. You know what I mean? Amazing. What a great time to be alive. Amazing. Uh, do stick with us. Uh, we've got 15 minutes left uh, of Fight Night here on TalkSport. Stick around uh, because there's more to come next. Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on TalkSport, the home of boxing. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. Following us in 15 minutes, it will be the sports bar. Uh, stick around for that. First of all, though, there's a, a little bit of other business uh, that has uh, come into the world of boxing uh, this week. Off the back of that uh, press conference that John was hosting, where Tyson Fury announced his uh, American TV deal, we also heard from uh, Billy Joe Saunders, who will be uh, stepping up in weight uh, to challenge for the WBO Super Middleweight uh, Championship, uh, the vacant belt. Um, any surprises, John, when you first heard about this with Billy stepping up in weight when we all thought that maybe he was going to compete once again for his old belt against uh, Demetrius Andrade? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I was uh, I was slightly slightly raised an eyebrow at this, but he, he I think he, he believes that there's an opening there and it's the opportunity and he's having had a wretched year partly of his own making yep. uh, in, in, in 2018. He knows now, he's 29 years old, and he knows that he's got to start to capitalise on his ability because his actual boxing ability, he's as good as anybody around. Mm. You know, his performance against David Lemieux over in Montreal in uh, at the back end of 2017 was just stunning. And and then to, to sort of go missing almost as he mm. as he has done in uh, in 2018 was just just awful to see. And I I just want to see Billy Joe Saunders prove what we all know around this table and just 
get to a wider audience just how good he is yeah. because I think he's absolutely right up there. I agree with you, but regarding the decision to move up in su- to super middleweight, it did surprise me a lot because I just thought you're on the cusp of something really special at middleweight right now. If you beat Andrade, you become WBO champion. There's obviously Canelo fighting Daniel Jacobs. The fight's there to be made, isn't it? That's the super fight. The super fight with Canelo or a super fight with Triple G, that's that's the one to be made at middleweight. Yeah, would they it's, take it? Would well, they take it? At super middleweight, where is the where's the super fight? Where's the blockbuster fight for him? No, but, but I mean would Billy would Billy Joe want to fight Canelo in America, in Las Vegas? Somebody said to me after after Canelo's win against Golovkin, what do you reckon would happen if uh, this is over there? What do you reckon would happen if Billy Joe got in there against against Canelo? I said, well, if it happened, I think Billy Joe would actually outbox Canelo, but he wouldn't get the verdict. <laughs> no, I don't agree with you. I think I think Canelo's. I think Golovkin right now, Billy Joe Saunders could beat because of we've seen Golovkin faded. Because if Billy Joe is trickiest, can beat anyone. But I do think Canelo would catch up with him in the fight. I really do. I might mean, catch him at some point. But I think it's a I think it's a a good and bold move to step up eight pounds. You know. Billy likes to weigh a little bit more. He's not a big puncher. He's very much a boxer. He can live with anyone at what, super middleweight. Steve, what are you ring? I've seen Billy in the gym years ago, and he probably wouldn't have made super middleweight. He likes to uh, blow up in between fights. Mm. and, and um, Last time out, he was at cruiserweight. 12 so eight, eight, so he, 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 I don't think he moved away. Maybe, maybe he sees an opening to moving up to super middleweight, and you know the middleweights would, uh, with the big names, the big paydays, Golovkin or whoever might say, do you know what? I might step up and fight my super middleweight. Canelo's gone up though, hasn't he? Canelo, Canelo could see an opportunity to fight super middleweight, but if he win, if, if, what? If, if, if Billy Joe won super middleweight title, it'd be more appealing than it would be a middleweight because it's another. There, I don't know, but there I, is I Callum Smith. When you compare well, the size of Callum Smith to Billy Joe, that will be a great domestic showdown. Yeah. That to me is a that's hard a, that's fight. a tremendous fight. And if it, now that is it will be appealing. Yes, if he went up and won a super middleweight title, that would be a fight. Would be a great fight to see, yeah. I'd, I'd, you'd yeah. pay, you'd pay a, good money to watch that, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that, that's a, that's an, an appealing match. Yeah. Mm. Right, stick with us. We'll, we'll continue this conversation in a moment or two. But it's full time at Stamford Bridge. Moose, uh, what's the conclusion? Chelsea three, Malmo nil. Five one then to Chelsea overall after their win two one last week away from home. Fifty five minutes the opening goal. Brilliant run by Angolo Kanté out to the left hand side for Willian. His ball across for Olivier Giroud who really couldn't miss. Uh, then it was two nil to Chelsea. A quarter of an hour from the end, Ben Turson was sent off from Malmo for a foul on Emerson. Ross Barkley with a resulting free kick curled over the wall and in. That made it 4-1 on aggregate. And then the goal of the night, really, for the Chelsea fans, scored by one of their own, Callum Hudson-Odoi, from about 10 yards out, right-hand side of the area, thrashing it past the goalkeeper. Chelsea now head to Wembley on Sunday for the League Cup final. No questions answered tonight on Sarri's future, but maybe some confidence ahead of that game. Full-time, Chelsea 3, Malmo 0. Chelsea into the last 16 5-1 winners. Cheers, Moose. Much appreciated. Um, back to the chat regarding uh, boxing. Gareth actually caught up with Billy Joe Saunders this week uh, and he started by telling Gareth, uh, this is Billy Joe Saunders, uh, how he felt, whether it was right to move up at super middleweight. It's about opening a different door and giving myself more more options. You know, of course it's going to be a bit more comfortable for me to play with the eight pound, but, you know, also, these men... Uh, not getting in the ring at away 11 stone 6 let's say I got in the ring 12 10 these mm. are getting in the ring you know they're weighing 12 stone on the night and they're getting in the ring 14 stone mm. especially this man who's coming down from heavyweight to cruiserweight to super middle he's going to be coming down alright he might be a little bit you know struggle to get down to the 12 stone limit for him but 
he's going to be 13, 10 when he gets in the ring, where I'm probably going to be 12, 10. What about um, the division itself? Are some great fights for you. Obviously, at the weekend, James DeGale and Chris Eubank Jr. fight. Obviously, you've beaten Chris Eubank Jr. Terrific fight. What is it, six years ago now? Yeah, um, 2014. Yeah, um, who do you see winning that? And if DeGale's still around, would you like a fight? Two crafty southpaws? I mean, me and DeGale have some brilliant spars. Brilliant yeah. spars. Um, uh, Eubank, I've beaten him. I fancy DeGale to do the job. I think that he switched on this fight. You know, you've got to get him fired up and reared up, and I think he is for this one, and I think he's going to come out victorious. Does he need to show that he is at least 80, 75, 80% of what he's always been? Because he does have tenacity, Eubank, doesn't he? And he, and he physically, he's a terror. He's got physicality about him if he has, doesn't have the skills. If, if De Gaulle's got f- 65% of footwork, he don't need 100% to beat Eubank. As long as you've got 65% feet work, you will beat Eubank. Seven days a week, twice on Sundays. You're going to take over the super middleweight division then? Gareth, I've had this, I, I don't really, I'm not really going to sit this year and do all the talking and all the shouting and hollering what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. But at the end of this year, people will say, he meant business. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders talking to Gareth a little bit uh, earlier on this week. We'll get his thoughts, we'll, we'll go over his thoughts in a minute regarding the fight that we've got live on TalkSport uh, this weekend. But it is, going back to what you said right at the start there, John, it's a massive year for him because 2018 was such a disaster. Off the back of the Lemieux fight, I got so excited thinking, he's arrived, here yeah. he is, the man to challenge the big boys, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, how good was he that night? That performance against Lemieux, it, was, it, was, it was pretty much punch perfect, wasn't it? Mm. Absolutely superb, but like you say, he's on demise in 2018. It's important that this year, not only that he gets back to winning ways and gets back to the big fights, but also really captures the imagination of the British fans again because I think a few of them have maybe fallen out with him with what happened in 2018. Well, and understandably so. You know, I mean, what, what he, some, of, some of the stuff he did this year was mm. pretty much indefensible, which is why he was fined 100,000 quid mm. by the British Boxing Board of Control. But, you know, he's, he's, he, he, he's done what he's done. You can't change history. All, we're all the same like that. You know, if you look back, of there's course. things you'd, re- you'd regret. All you, can, all you can really do is change the future. And I, I think... Having seen him, he looked good, he looked fit, clear-eyed, with it, ambitious and wanting to really show mm. what how, how good he is. And I, I, I hope that he has a renewed impetus and that he, he produces. Um, we're going to finish the show not on predictions of the fight that we're doing at the weekend. You can come and join us for live uh, commentary of that from 9 o'clock on Saturday night here on TalkSport. I want to just pick up on a conversation that happened during the break uh, with Mr. Steve Collins here. And it was regarding, obviously, fights and fighters from previous times and times in the future and times in the past in their prime. And what would happen if Steve Collins ended up getting the ring with those potential chaps? And there's a guy on my Twitter here that sent me a message regarding the name of Joe Calzaghe. And your reaction was brilliant. You just looked straight at me and you went, I'll beat them all. Beat them all. That's the mindset you have to have when you go into the boxing ring. If you have any doubts... Get out. That's what I say. But why would you have beaten Calzaghe then? Um, the same reason I would have beaten anybody else. Everybody can be beaten if you plan a, if you, if you if you plan a fight right. And a lot of the opponents I fought fought the same style. They never changed. Um, so you watch what a guy does, and if the guy does the same thing over and over again, it, it, it makes it very easy for me to say this is all he does. It's the same thing. Take him out of his comfort zone, stop him doing what he's doing, and they haven't got a plan B because they never had to have a plan B before. And it's all about putting someone in, in an uncomfortable uh, place. I mean, there's guys I fought who are better fighters than me, you know, stronger, bigger punchers, probably more experienced. But if, if, you can, if you can get someone out of their comfort zone, get them off the track, and not let them back onto that track, or into that comfort zone again, time goes by very quick, and fights are over. And guys are saying, you know, 
Uh, what happened? Would it's, all Cal- about, it's all about planning. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do a conundrum. Would Calzaghe have beaten Carl Froch? I think Calzaghe would have a better chance of beating Carl Froch than I would have. Would you have beaten Carl Froch? I just said it. I, I anticipated that because I'm very honest. You know, I think Joe Calzaghe probably would have a better chance of beating Carl Froch than I would have because he was a very, very busy fighter, very active and true punches non-stop, you know. Carl Froch would be similar to me. We would have met in the ring when told to Tom. What probably, a fight. Probably shortened our careers. What a fight that would have <laughs> really? been, you know. Mm. Wembley, 80,000. Back to Croke Park for another 70,000. Mm. It's one of those if only. Mm. No, I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, I, I had enough wars in my day. I don't, I don't wish for more, you know. <laughs> and on that note, we'll finish it. Steve, thank you so much for joining brilliant. us on the show. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, John Gareth, I will see you ringside on uh, on Saturday uh, from nine o'clock. Make sure you come and join us here on Talksport. It's going to be an epic fight between De Gale and Eubank Junior. We're we're back uh, on Talksport, the home of boxing. Make sure you come and join us for that. The sports bar is up next. Uh, get your calls in regarding the Chelsea game and all the other big talking points from the world of sport throughout the course of the day. Enjoy your night. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 